Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Souls, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. He told me three weeks ago he was going to not play again, you know, so we kind of knew that. You know, he announced it with Tuesday. That we didn't know, but um, he's in good spirits, and obviously he's a new father, and that's important to him. And his wife wants to play, you know, pro sports again, you know, so he wants to be missing mom for a couple years, which is fun, you know. But, yeah, I mean, his, 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 his life story, his playing career is obviously bar none. That the voice of Vance Joseph talking, of course, about J.J. Watt, two games left in his career. thing that jumps out there, Vance Joseph claiming that he knew three weeks ago that this was going to happen, where Cliff Kingsbury came out and said it was a total surprise. Nobody knew. Oh, my goodness. Make it make sense, Tim. Uh, I'm sure Cliff would tell you, well, we didn't know he was going to do it. Today, right? That's, that's what Cliff yeah. was, would would probably fall back on. Yeah, and but, I guess and I guess there's some accuracy to that. They didn't know that on Tuesday after a Christmas night game. Right. right. Here's the exact. Uh, clip, yeah, play the clip. Comment. Let's Happy see. for him. He seems like he's in a really good place. We had no idea that that was coming, but uh, what a tremendous player and, and uh, person, and I mean, an all time great in this league. So to see him play the way he played the other night, and then hear that. Um, I think it's just a special time for him, the organization, the entire NFL to kind of celebrate him these last two weeks. Okay, yeah, now that I hear it again, I'm calling total BS. We had no idea that was coming. Yeah. Vance Joseph gets out there two days later and says, we've known for three weeks. I mean, can't just people just tell the truth? Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I I don't know what to make of that. I we really had don't. no idea it was really coming. Don't. Yeah, listen, it, it's it's something I've I've not been very comfortable with. I, I've already told the story about the Sean Coogler thing. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury was asked directly by um, an ESPN reporter, Josh Weinfuss, locally, and he flat out lied to him. About so coaching staff changes yeah, right. after the yes, 49er year yes. next when, when yeah. he knew that Sean Cooler was gone and and that to me I don't know what I don't know what the purpose of all that is I know protecting players is a thing and I get all that I, I just don't understand the the lying but 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 if Vance Joseph can say we we've known about it for three weeks we're so happy that JJ is going mm-hmm. on why can't Cliff just say that yeah we've known I, I about it know. for a few weeks and he, he chose to do it this week and like there's just like there's been any number of incidents I mean, it's, similar it's, it's to this ridiculous I, right it is kind of ridiculous the good news for Valley sports fans, and, and I made this point in the column about J.J. Watt. The fact that J.J. Watt created this circle of life moment for himself and his young son and his wife before the last home game, he, he kind of folded the Arizona sports fan into his retirement. He made that scene very special to him. He commemorated, by definition, he commemorated his time in Arizona as special to him, and that's something I think the fans have been yearning for from Larry Fitzgerald. Just something. Something about Hey, I love you. Thank you. I appreciate you. And so I, that is a, a gift to to everybody who went to that game on Christmas night. They can at least say in the future, hey, you know, I didn't know going in, but I got to see J.J. Watt's last home game. Cool, man. I, I know in real time we always said this is we, not surprise. Larry never wanted to make a big deal. We knew he would just fade away. Now that it's been a couple of years Aren't you a little surprised that there was never just like even like a tweet 
that said thank you to all the Cardinals fans. I had a, you know, I was a great time playing in Arizona. I'm calling it a career. Like nothing. Like I know. And again, I think, and he's made so few mistakes with his image. I just, I think that he has just been so adamant about not acknowledging this and making a big deal about it that he's just kind of misread the fan base. Because there are a lot of fans who are just kind of, I don't know if angry is the right word, but a little put off. And he, and he hasn't really faded away. He's popping up on national TV every Monday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's not like he's off in, uh, you know, Zimbabwe. Oh, you get the work, weekly work, reminders of how tribes. great his I mean, life is. Yeah. There's, I mean, that, right? that's, that's been a constant. Yeah. But I just, so, so I guess the good thing here is, is this retirement happened with J.J. Watt. He made it a big deal. But he could have done it before the game. And given the crowd, because there's only two road games left. But, okay, uh, right, I know that. But but what I'm saying here is you've got two games now to watch him, knowing it's the last chance you're going to watch him. And I'm curious to see what he's going to put on the football field, because he's put together some monstrously good games. And he's got, he, he's got a little, he's got a little get-off ability again. He looks good. He looks good. I, I was, I, Bernsey and I kicked it around. I, I have no idea what J.J. Watt is what his future holds. I know he's absolutely adamant that he's done now. Every athlete says that when they walk away. Right. It's going to be real interesting when late October rolls around and he's getting that itch <laughs> and he's bored. Yeah, yeah right. And, they, and the, competitive, no. the competitive fires are burning. I was thinking about this. He's, he's in his young 30s. Like in any other walk of life, the idea of retiring and then spending 50 plus years of your life retired. He's well, listen, sounds insane. Yeah, well, I don't think retirement is what he's going to do. I think Cliff Kingsbury, television, Anthony? Cliff Kingsbury, I think was right on the money when he mentioned Hollywood is where J.J. Watt belongs. He should be the next rock. J.J. Watt should be next great action adventure hero. That would be good. I mean, Instead of, or how about him and Gronk as like a. Buddy cop That'd be good. Like the likable guy in the Start working idiot. up that screenplay, Ferret. That did remind me. I want to find that clip of him talking about, uh, who was it that had the teeth surgery? I think J.J. Watt can do anything he wants to do. Yeah. He can. He could coach. He could coach, at, he could coach at the collegiate level. He seems like a guy that could actually be happy coaching at the high school level, working with kids. Yeah. You know? Listen, I think I think the MCU should hire him. He could definitely. Yeah, he could probably, right? He, he could become a Marvel character, Jarrett. He could be the Incredible Hulk. He could. Without any he could CGI. He could be Captain America. <laughs> Just paint him green like the old school. He could, be, Cap- no. he could be Captain America. He could be. That's what I'm saying. This I mean, is, he could do TV if yeah. he wanted to. I mean, he could probably do. He could do color. He could do studio work if he wanted to do that. Uh-huh. I'm just telling you, Vic. I I know. He, like I said, I know he's out of it now. But yeah. man, that when when you know you can still play, you, you you're gonna he's gonna miss it. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll see how he feels. You know, when the Packers at the Packers are in a playoff run, he grew up loving the Packers, and they call him and say, JJ, can you give us 12 weeks? Oh he, boy. He looks at his wife and says. Uh, you done playing soccer? Think, yeah, <laughs> you had yeah, enough? Yeah, I think I want to do it. And he's going to find out, as we all find out, that have kids. Raising kids is tough. Raising a baby is tough. Paying for kids is tough. Right. It's, There's a reason that most parents don't spend 24 hours a day with their kids right. every day. That, that jumps. I want to play this clip. This is J.J. Watt telling the story about his favorite reaction to the uh, 
retirement news plus then the actual clip. I'll tell you the best story. This is by far the best, hands down, without a question. Um, so I, I posted the tweet yesterday, and then I just kind of put my phone down because I knew it would be crazy. Um, but I'm scrolling through it, and there's this number that I don't recognize that FaceTimes me. Like it's, And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to answer a FaceTime. I don't know. So I just let it go to voicemail, and then I get a text from that number, and it's a voice memo. And I'm like, who is this number? So I play the voice memo, and it's... I wish I could play it so bad. I wish so bad. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him if I can later. I don't want to now. And it is like incoherent, complete incoherence. And it's, uh, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And I, I literally thought it was like distorted from, from the phone. So 10 seconds later, a picture comes through and it's, is Jesse Lucetta, our rookie outside linebacker. And he has like cotton balls in both of his mouths. He just got his wisdom teeth out. <laughs> He's high off his ass. He has no clue what he's doing. And, it, and he sent, like, in the message, it says, like, JJ, I just heard you're retiring. I, all I want is a jersey at the end of the season. JJ. JJ. I need a season. I need a side jersey, JJ. That's all I want to call it, That's all. That is so funny. Is that really it? That's, yeah, that's really Lucetta. it. It's been, it's been released. Yes. Lucetta. Okay. A day later, released. the Cardinals actually released the actual all voicemail, I guess, with up, his. right? Yeah. All mooned up on the goon <laughs> juice there. It sounds like a horror movie. Yay, yay, yay. Yay, yay. I love that. Yay, 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 yay. I got a cow money. Wow. That is a good story, isn't it? That's a great story. That is the greatest. One of the the few bright spots of this football season. All right. What is James Jones waiting for? It's a question a lot of Suns fans are asking. We'll talk about it next. Tim Ring filling in for Vinny. I'm Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. No, I mean, I don't think from day one it hasn't been uh, dictated by the players. It's been dictated by the opportunities. And and so my focus on continuing to think about how I can build the team for the long term to finish strong, that's at an all-time high. Um, So this doesn't change that. Um, Internally, it, it puts pressure on how we use what we currently have. But it's not, you know, it's not, it's not one of those things that, that forces our hands and, and has us out there scrambling to do whatever we can possibly do, uh, because you know it's about what's, what we can do that's going to make us the best team at the end of the season. Happy Friday. Welcome back. Tim Ringan for Vinny. I'm Dan Bickley. That is the voice of James Jones talking about the upcoming moves that we're all waiting for. And we are waiting for them. And it's it's interesting to me because it's not like there's a flurry of deals in the NBA right now. But I think we all agree the basketball team is on a little tenuous ground right now. Right. And they need help. They've got they've got a roster spot. Uh, that Jay Crowder is taking. Yeah. They got a roster spot that Cam Johnson is taking. They've got a it, look. They've got r- spots available, and yet patience continues to be a thing. I'm curious what you think about it because Matt Ishbia is coming in as a new owner, and he's got a basketball background. And you know, new owners like to bring in their own people. And I wonder what the new incoming owner thinks about this team that he's watching at the moment. 
Well, there's two ways to look at it, right? There, There's the immediate now, like they need help because guys are not on the court. To, to sort of try to win games, it's going to be tough sledding until probably the All-Star break. So there's an immediate need. But really the big picture is, Bick, this team – even when Booker gets back, even when Cam gets back, let's say Chris Paul plays himself into better shape, gets his rhythm back, and he starts looking a lot more like Chris Paul of old. Mm-hmm. Maybe not to the elite level that he was right. last year, but better but than he's something better, better than yeah. he's been. Man, I'm not sure they're still good enough. I mean, I'm looking at this Pelicans team. I'm looking at the Grizzlies, despite what happened the other night. I'm I'm looking at the Nuggets. They've got a Luka problem to begin with. Oh, yeah. I, I, I wonder if this team has enough to make a run at a Western Conference championship to get themselves back into the finals. So you say to yourself, they they got to do something with Crowder. But if Crowder just brings you kind of a, a, a piece, I mean, if you, if you can somehow package Crowder to get a Kuzma, okay, that's mm-hmm. fine. But you, the Kuzma deal may have to come by way of giving multiple first round draft picks, right. and that's that's the yep. dilemma now. But do, do you still believe that you are in a championship window? Let's call it the Chris Paul window, yeah, right? Right. If you're in a championship window, then you've got to be all in. And what are you holding on to the first round draft picks for, so that you get the thirtieth pick? Well, that's that. that I, I believe that they are in a window. I believe that if. Like you, you can't be you can't be half in and half out. You paid Chris Paul all this money, mm-hmm. so like don't don't just dip your toe in the pool. Get in the pool and go out there and get Kuzma, get another piece, and make a run at this thing. Because while I had just mentioned some teams that are pretty good, there's no 2017 Golden State Warriors in this conference. Everybody can be beat. If you refortify that roster with mm-hmm. significant pieces, I agree, which can be done. Dan, I think you, you might have said this yesterday, the day before, but for a long time, James Jones was sort of worried about upsetting the chemistry, mm-hmm. upsetting the vibe mm-hmm. with the team. Didn't want to bring in a big piece. Well, they don't really have the chemistry or vibe this year, like they had the last two years. So if there's ever a time to sort of do something to shake things up, you'd think it would be now, right? Yes. I I mean, that to me is fairly clear. And I think we've all been waiting because of what we went through last summer with Kevin Durant. I think we've all been kind of fixating on maybe that's going to be the piece that that shakes loose. And maybe maybe that's the piece that's worth waiting for. It, It doesn't make any sense to any NBA expert for a team that is in a championship window to have all these draft picks and not... Not leverage them, not use them for pieces, for things to help you win now. So there, people have speculated maybe there's been a hold on this kind of stuff until new ownership gets in. Well, look, this new owner is going to get rubber stamped. I think we all know that. The NBA knows that. I would really be surprised if, if whatever handcuffs James Jones was feeling is are still there now. You also have to evaluate the landscape, and the Brooklyn Nets are on a 10-game winning streak. Right. I mean, they're 23-12. and 12. They're actually breathing down the necks of the great Boston Celtics right, right now. So, so that, everything that, is fine that, there now. That, that changes the dynamic mm-hmm. of Kevin Durant and his willingness to get out of Brooklyn. Those are the realities of the situation. And, and Jerry, you're, you're exactly right on the whole draft pick thing. Like This is why I'm, an, I'm on team. If it takes two first-rounders to get... To get Kyle Kuzma, do it. Do it. Because, yeah. And, 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 and I get it. Like, Chris Paul retires or Chris Paul never gets back to elite level and your window, the Chris Paul window closes. I still believe your nucleus of Booker, Aiton, and Bridges and, and a Kuzma will still keep you picking somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 or higher. So who cares if you don't have those first round picks? 
What, I mean, we're going to lose out on the Tyler Ennis's of the well, world and the Ty Jerome's? Yeah, yeah I mean, Mike, let's, let's go for it now. The West is winnable. Chris Paul is still here. I do believe that the more he plays, the more he will look like the Chris Paul. You're right. He's going to get better shape. He's going to get his mm-hmm. rhythm back. He's going to get his feel and his flow back. And, and you got to go for it. And eventually Booker's going to be out there and Cam's yeah. going to be out there. And the other Cam's going to be out there. Mm-hmm. And you add a guy like Kuzma, you can make a run at this thing. Yeah, you do. I do agree with you. Listen, I, th- I think a couple things. I think that even even with everybody back, they do not have enough to win. They'll be lucky to win a playoff series with what they have because clearly we saw what the teams in the playoffs did last year running at Devin Booker and Chris Paul, and there was nothing left in that offense. And by the end of the playoff run, that Suns offense, they'd pass the ball around the perimeter and nobody could get a shot off. And it was like, what in the heck happened to our 64-win juggernaut? And and so I think that that's a clear indication that you need another significant piece, not a tweak, a significant significant piece and and what that looks like I don't know I mean it's it's you've got you've got this DeAndre Ayton issue that clearly clearly something has changed significantly because you know there the recent sideline blow up between him and Monty and Mikhail Bridges listen that doesn't happen especially in their relationships now coming out of Game 7 last year. Because you would think that if they were whole and they were healed, they would know we can never let that happen again. And for it to happen again shows you that this and – and we all know it. We can see it. It's not the same vibe. There's not the same togetherness. And and some of it's attrition. Some of it's natural. Some of it's trauma, what this team has been through. Uh, as Kellen Olsen said yesterday, he'd love to have 10 minutes with Jay Crowder and just say, Jay, what happened? Why are you not with this basketball team? What went down in Game 7? Because uh, – there, there are answers somewhere. It's extremely frustrating that he's not here because he doesn't have a contract for next year. You're getting paid ten million bucks to play in the NBA. And if you just what, bought, what, I mean, how great is that? And if you just bought the Suns and you came in and said, "Okay, let's let's take a look at my assets here." All right, what am I doing? Okay, I'm I'm paying Jay Crow- I'm paying Jay Crowder. I thought Jay Crowder was holding out. No, no, we're we're paying him. What what are we paying him for? Right. Um. Uh. What are they paying him for? What is the answer to that? Imagine having a job. The, uh, the answer is yes. ten million bucks a year, and you never show up. Uh huh. And every other Friday, the checks in the in the in the, in the Chase account. <laughs> Sign the, Jared up. How great is that? But see, the answer <laughs> the answer is that the Suns don't want him. Because if the Suns wanted him, they could absolutely find him, him. Yeah, force him to play, him. find him, right. whatever. So exact. So again, what happened? So, so you've and the biggest a- thing I'm worried about, they're so reliant on this Jay Crowder trade piece. Do we? Why do we think there's going to be such a market for Jay Crowder? Well, that's especially the longer you wait. By the way, that's what I was saying. You could maybe package Crowder up with multiple or one first round pick to get a, a significant piece. But yeah. if anybody thinking that Jay Crowder alone is going to bring like a Kyle Kuzma, not going to happen. He, I, I don't care if the salaries of Crowder and Okogi match up. It's not going to be enough to get a guy who's going to, you know, help you in Game Six of the Conference Semifinals. According you know? to reports, <laughs> the latest offer the Suns received for him was Rui Hachimura. That's that's the market. That's the market. That's the market. That's not a difference maker. Now, if Jay Crowder and his expiring contract, Dario Saric and his expiring contract, those things do have value, so you should leverage those. Um, it would be nice if Landry Shamit continues playing. 
you know, at a, at a high level. So maybe he could be a tradable piece. There's, a, to me, yes, it, a, a real impactful move is necessary here, um, or you're going to waste the Chris Paul window. And, I, and I what, think the scary thing is, as Colin Olson brought up, what if James Jones sits back and goes, okay. <sighs> All right, I, I kind of blew that chance to get Kevin Durant over the summer, and I'm not going to get him now. And there's not much out there for Jay Crowder, and there's not much that's going to make a difference. So let's let's not focus on this here and now window. Let's focus on the next window, whenever that might be. That <laughs> that would be disappointing so for a team that was two wins away from an NBA Finals 17 months ago. So you're just going to let Chris Paul just get old and I, walk out the door with 60 million bucks? No, Not trying to win a listen, title? For all this waiting, there better be a grand plan. There better be something coming of of impact because we all see the same thing with this team. They're, they're, they're very vulnerable in a lot of ways. They don't have enough athleticism. They're not strong enough at the power forward. They're not good enough rebounding. They don't have a legit number two scorer. Oh, and did I mention they're not very tough? They get pushed around a lot. One man can save them, LeBron James. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, right. Well, LeBron can't be, can't be traded this year. So, whatever. All right, coming up next, the Rush Hour Reboot. We'll get you caught up on everything you need to know. Tim Ringen for Vinny. I'm Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. All right, every day at this time, we turn to who's ever in the wedge. Normally, Sarah the Ruthless. Today, it's Zach Larson. Get your rebooted on all the sports stories you need to know about. Take it away, Zach. Okay, we've mentioned it earlier today and most of yesterday. The Phoenix Suns, they're in a tough situation coming off a tough loss to the Washington Wizards Wizards on Wednesday. And, of course, the news of Devin Booker missing time with a left groin strain. In case you missed it, here's James Jones on Burns and Gambo earlier this week with the full timeline for Booker. When we say evaluate in four weeks, we're going to evaluate in four weeks. You know, there's a lot of progress that can be made over the next, you know, two to three, four weeks. And so to be, be honest and transparent, Transparent. We just want to make sure we have a, an accurate timeline that doesn't that doesn't put pressure on either side of the recovery. We mentioned it in the last segment. There's not a lot of change that James Jones is going to try to do with this roster. Probably going to stay the same. And on Wednesday, we had great performances from the big three. That is, it is right now. Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and Mikel Bridges. We've discussed out of those three who should be the primary scorer. Today's question goes in regards to the depth of this team. Aside from those three, which player on this roster must step up in order for the Suns to perform well enough to stay within the top half of the Western Conference. Oh boy, aside from those three? Aside from Paul, Aiton, and Bridges. Want to take that one first, Dan? I mean, uh, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, again, I don't. I don't know. I guess campaign when he comes back because campaign at least can attack the basket and score in volume, and I think that is obviously something the team needs. I listen. Uh, I would be when Cam Johnson comes back. If I was Monty Williams, I, I would think about leaving Tory Craig in the starting lineup. They're a much better defensive team with him in the starting lineup at the three. I I don't know, but I think if you're talking individual players outside those three, I, I'm going to go campaign. 
Yeah, Zach, I, I got to tell you, I, it's there, there, there just isn't one guy. You can't ask somebody to be someone he's not. There's there's no consistent 15-point-a-game score in that lot. There's just not. Torrey Craig, Jock Landale, Sarich, Wainwright, Akogi, Biombo, D-Wash, D-Lee. I mean, these, these guys are who they are. Uh, campaign is going to help, and that is going to help solidify that, that second unit and give these sons more scoring off the bench, so I, I guess if campaign just comes back and is himself, uh, that's going to help matters. But really, I think it's more of a collective effort. I mean, you just need guys to play above and beyond what they're capable of just a little bit, and then collectively, you hope that's enough to just kind of stay afloat here without Devin Booker. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a team that if you can just play 500 basketball between now and February, that's a big W in my book. A big W. Well, we'll see how they play tonight. They take on the Toronto Raptors. Okay, over to the Cardinals. They're entering a Week 17 matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. There's not a lot on the line, but the future, it's still uncertain. Kyler Kyler Murray's injury, not a good sign for next season. A lot of free agents on the roster entering the offseason. Questions also within the front office. That all has to be considered in these final weeks. So, for Sunday, what is the one area of concern or a specific piece of this game that you will be watching closely on Sunday in their game against the Falcons. Yeah, I think that um, just the state of their offensive line, I guess, by the end of the game against the Bucs, you've heard the anecdote. Kelvin Beecham was so banged up, he had a hard time getting into his stance. Um, And he's been the guy that he's been the rock uh, of that unit. And so especially if if they're insistent on Colt McCoy playing, you know, how they hold up. Uh, Zach, honestly, not a whole lot. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, see, I mean, this- I, mean I mean, let's just call. I'm mean, gonna just call it like I see it. Uh, to me, let's let's see if Colt McCoy starts. Does he finish? Uh, will they run Colt McCoy around end on a quarterback option run? Oh, please let him get kicked in the head again. You know how, how do they how do they handle that? But yeah, will they will they eventually uh, you know see the offense to to, to, to Trace McSorley? I, I, I you know I mean listen, what a sentence will they seed the offense to trade Trace McSorley? C E D E not seed like C-E-D-E, not I know seed like, I know, I know what it means salad. okay the, the, um, I mean Buda Baker's not out there I know. well I, the know. thing I'm looking it doesn't affect next year uh, aren't you interested in seeing what J J Watt does these last two games yeah interested yeah but again it's it's I know like, it doesn't affect not like next hey year. I'm keeping an eye on J J Watt <laughs> I want to I, I see what he's gonna do can Greg Dortch do something. Uh, it just, it just, it just doesn't matter. Tim's right. It unfortunately, just doesn't matter. Yeah, he's right. I hope everybody gets a chance to play. <laughs> oh, have some fun, Aaron Slicer. <laughs> just have well, fun. Yeah, again, and I think that this whole idea of DeAndre Hopkins and what happened to him last game, and and the problems that that Trace McSorley had getting him the ball, you wonder if starting Colt McCoy is a way to keep DeAndre Hopkins happy because maybe the team's afraid that he's about to say, "Hey, look, you got to get me out of here." Maybe that's already happened. Did you see? There was a tweet by uh, some media entity that most likely to get traded in the offseason, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. He liked the tweet. <laughs> I didn't say that. He liked it. Do, it doesn't he surprise me. I've, 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 I've already predicted mm-hmm. this. There's, there's no way he is going to be wanting to come back here next year. No way. 
Yeah, per- it, it, it's such a shame because like the Hollywood uh, D Hop Kyler Murray triangle. Yeah, one game this season, mm-hmm. right? One game this one season, game. and it might all be gone by next year. Yeah, that is a bit of a regret, you, and you never saw. Kyler, Ertz, Hollywood, D-Hop. All, all four of them, Connor, yeah. I didn't want to get a greedy Rondell there. Moore, yeah. I mean, not once. And don't even get me started on the offensive line. Okay, I won't. Thank you. Next question. All right. <laughs> last one. Last question here. Since this is our last show of 2022, we get a chance to re- review a very depressing year of Arizona sports. It started off with the first ever Monday night playoff game. Shotgun snap, Murray from his end zone. Looking. Pops in trouble, gets hit, throws the ball forward, and it's picked off, and it's a touchdown. The underhand threw the ball. David Long picked it off, walks in for a touchdown. What a disaster. My goodness. You can't make that mistake if you're Kyler Murray. The safety still better than the touchdown. Wow. Then followed up. That's the best, isn't it? That is a great call. One of the worst performances then in the summer in game seven. And the Dallas Mavericks have defeated the Suns handily 123 to 90. A huge victory for Coach Jason Kidd and this Dallas ball club, 123 to 90. And it has this year has wrapped up with so many other moments we wish we could erase away. The Sun Devil football season, the endless drama surrounding the Cardinals and the Suns earlier this year, and just bad performances by the Valley's teams. So in regard to 2022, what are, say, your top three moments that you wish we could just get rid of and just never have suffered? Yeah, you played a couple of them. That that playoff game against the Rams, that seri- those last two games against the Mavericks were uh, very, very, very disappointing and very, very painful. Um, yeah, changing out head coaches at ASU before the season started, maybe. That's a good threesome. Yeah, the... Uh the first half of Game 7, the second half of Game 7. Whoops. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. You know, the, 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 the Cardinal loss in the playoffs, I mean, I don't, I don't know how many people thought the Cardinals were going to even win that game. So the result, uh, it wasn't a huge surprise. By that time, the team was already going downhill. They were, but the, but the way they lost the game was jarring. Uh, there that, was no belief on the field that, at all. That None. was one of the most embarrassing playoff uh-huh. performances any team has put on the field in the in a long time in the National Football. The D Hop suspension. I mean that was that we don't we'll never know how bad that actually affected this season and missing those first six games. They don't make yeah, the, they, don't, they don't make the Hollywood Brown trade. Maybe they draft a center in the first round. The, the Iowa kid. Yeah. Right? I mean Maybe the whole complexion of the season changes. What a brutal year. What a great year. Brutal. We didn't even talk about ownership, coaching. The Robert Sarver investigation. He has to sell oh, the yeah. team. Arrests. Yeah. Wow, what a year. What a year. Good great. riddance, right? Thank you, Zach. We appreciate it. Coming up on the other side, we're going to check in with D. Orlando Ledbetter. He's been covering the Falcons forever for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. We'll get a viewpoint from that side of the ledger coming up next. Tim Ring filling in for Vinny. I'm Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Should hold acquaintance. 
Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Tim Ring with you. Big game, I guess, this weekend. <laughs> Cardinals heading down to Atlanta where they do not and have not played well. It is our great pleasure to welcome in a gentleman who's been covering the team for ages, the great D. Orlando Ledbetter joining us. D, what's happening? Hey, not too much, guys. Thanks for having me today. It's our pleasure. Always is our pleasure to have you on. All right, tell us about the state of this Falcons team. Tell us what Desmond Ritter's looking like. What kind of a challenge is this team going to be for the Cardinals? Yeah, they are, uh, you know, trying to see if the uh, young man could uh, be their quarterback of the future, third-round pick out of Cincinnati, uh, 0-2 with no touchdown passes in his first two starts. Uh, so, uh, you know, Looked a little better second time out. But, yeah, a team that's, uh, you know, taking a look at a lot of young guys as they try to move forward in the post-Matt Ryan era here in Atlanta. Yeah, you know what, uh, D, uh, not not all crummy seasons are created equal. The Falcons are 5-10, and 10, the Cardinals are 4-11. and 11, But the difference is the Cardinals season is a massive disappointed appointment for a team that had playoff aspirations. The Falcons, I think you guys knew going in this is probably going to be a rebuilding year. I mean, look, your number one running back is a Rookie, your number one wide receiver is a rookie. Now, your starting quarterback is a rookie. So, what 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 this season was all about for Atlanta, I think, going in was was, was building something for the future. So, yeah, you'd like to do better than five and ten at this point, but it's not a massive disappointment like we've had here in Arizona. Exactly. Uh, they turned the page on the Matt Ryan era. Got off to a good start. We're four and four, uh, and uh, you know, have folks thinking about, hey, maybe this uh, there's an outside chance that uh, they're going to be substantially better than the four point five wins that Vegas uh, picked for them. But uh, then the bottom kind of fell out, and uh, they've lost six of their last seven. Uh, but been playing people close, and uh, there's some optimism because of that that they. They've been playing people close with young guys and uh, will have some money next year and the salary cap situation improves. Uh, and, and, you know, the future is, uh, you know, kind of looking a little bit better than it was uh, uh, last year when they, you know, got into the Deshaun Watson Derby, lost, and then had to trade Matt Ryan. When you take a look at uh, young players that you have, one guy that I, I've been very much impressed with, I'm, I'm curious what you think, is the kid out of USC, Drake London. Looks like he's really developing into a real, legit wide receiver. How's he? How's he been? Yeah, he's been one of the uh, bright spots for the team. Uh, tough guy, uh, you know, catches uh, catches it uh, uh, in traffic. Uh, got a little run after the catch. Has a, a little ball security issue here. Had a couple fumbles in the last two games where the people knocked the ball off of him. But uh, definitely looks like a player, and uh, definitely looks like uh, you know somebody that they could help to build the offense around. Now, D, when you talk about Desmond Ritter, I want to go back to the quarterback. Look, we, we've seen it before. You can find starting quarterbacks in the third round and beyond in the National Football League. It's been a very small sample size. But how, let me give me your opinion. When you see Ritter play, do you see potential QB1 of the future in this kid? He was good in college, but, you know, does, does, he, does, he, does, he, got the, does he got the goods? What do you think? 
Yeah, I want to see a little bit more. He's got a live arm. I like that. Uh, I want to see him be a little bit more accurate with it and, uh, uh, you know, get the ball to the weapons. Uh, you know, Kyle Pitts is out. And he's hurt. But um, I think it's very promising that he's been able to lean on Drake London uh, with uh, 20 targets, 14 catches, uh, 166 in uh, two games. But, yeah, I need to see some touchdowns. I need to see a win. And uh looks like uh, Arizona is the best opportunity to do that, uh, you know, coming up on Sunday. So I want, I'm, I'm not ready. I'm still judging. Uh, the jury's still out on the kid for me. Uh, I need to see a little bit more. What is, uh, what, what is the viewpoint locally in Arthur Smith and the foundation he's laid? Is he generally thought of highly? Um, yeah, yeah, they're, uh, you know, they, the, the fan base kind of knows they were uh, going to be rebuilding, um, you know, and uh, uh, they've been able to win seven games uh, last year. And maybe, you know, they got a chance to win seven this year. Uh, and it looks like they put in a solid foundation. But, you know, um, people can't identify uh, you know, who the stars are going to be yet, you know, and uh, the Falcon fans have been used to, you know, they went from Michael Vick, right from Michael Vick to Matt Ryan, uh, and now it's kind of a little bit murky uh, when you go to Marietta, uh, draft a third-round guy, and, uh, you know, so the identity of the team and his uh, uh, building a foundation and a team around a, a venture quarterback is a little bit uh, different for uh, the fan base. As we continue to preview the game, uh, D, you know, Dan talked about the rookie wide receiver. Let me hit you with one about the rookie running back, Tyler Algier. I mean, this guy put together one of the greatest seasons by a Falcons rookie running back ever. When you talk about the total yards, uh, the touchdowns, rushing receptions, I mean, this guy, I mean, he's good in college too, uh, but he is really, he's really emerged as a really quality NFL running back in his rookie year. Yeah, and he really runs with power. Uh, they were very fortunate. They think they were fortunate to get him in the fifth round. They had him on their board as the second running back behind Kenny Walker because they based it on uh, yards after contact. Uh, you know, so he was tough to go down even at BYU. So uh, uh, to get him in the fifth round, they got him a little late because his speed is he's not a speed merchant, but he runs with authority and uh, he finishes his run. So uh, they brought him along slowly, and as the season has progressed, uh, he's picked up his game and uh, is uh, a key part of their future now. What is uh, offensively? What are the, what's the talk about JJ Watt's retirement? And more importantly, just how good he's been recently? Because this is a guy that obviously the Falcons are going to have to deal with on Sunday. Yeah, there was a lot of talk because uh, you know uh, back in uh, uh, 2014 they had a joint scrimmage down there. That was Jake Matthews' first year, and uh, one of the um, uh, matchup he had to go. They threw him into the fire against JJ Watt as the sixth overall pick in the draft. And uh, the one on ones down there in Houston, he learned a lot on those practice fields, getting uh, whipped into shape by JJ Watt. And uh, so Jake reflected on that for me. Uh, uh, we got a story up on that. Uh, Chris Lindstrom and the guys on the inside are, are worried about him. Uh, they saw what he did on, against Tampa and the highlights they were showing. Uh, so, yeah, they are um, uh, excited for the challenge against playing against one of the NFL greats here. Uh, that has decided he's going to hang up his cleats after the season. So, yeah, there was a, a lot of buzz in the locker room, a lot of respect for J.J. Watt, who's coming to town, and a lot of the 
the, the true football fans will get their last chance to see one of the all-time greats who did it uh, big time in Houston and uh, for the last two years in Arizona. Yeah, and and fans are going to see. Don't expect a guy just kind of coming in on a rocking chair. This, yeah. this guy's a one-man wrecking crew uh, these last four or five weeks of the season. You know, it's not too often you can head to week 17 with a 5-10 and 10 record and be two games out of first place. Now, yeah. it doesn't matter because you, you guys have been eliminated for this year, but what that does tell you is with a few tweaks and some improvements and uh, you know, you, you improvement in the roster here and there, that next year, I mean, the Falcons, if Tom Brady leaves the division, uh, next year you have to think that the, the the division is winnable, even coming off of a season like you guys just had. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, uh, you know they don't have a quarterback in New Orleans. Uh, you know, unless you count Tyson Hill. Uh, you know, uh, Carolina, unless you count Sam Darnold. Uh, they're doing just a, a remarkable job up there with the running game with Coach Steve Wilkes. You don't know if they're going to stay with him or. Go, go in another direction. Uh, yeah, so the division's going to open, potentially open them back up. Uh, you know, Brady goes on, on his way. Uh, and so, yeah, there's time, you know, it was a, you know, there was a time where the NFC South was, you know, sending people to the Super Bowl every year, you yeah. know, Tampa, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, Cam Newton, you had Cam Newton down there, you had, uh, uh, you know, Brady, then, uh, Matt Ryan and, uh, took the Falcons to the Super Bowl, so you know those quarterbacks are all gone now, and everybody's got to retool. And uh, uh, so you know, it's opportunity. We know Atlanta is a college football team uh, town in its soul. Is is it tough for the Falcons to kind of get their share of the market now that Georgia's become uh, the program you guys have all wanted them to be? No, it's a, it's a, it's an NFL town uh, okay. too, uh, because a lot of people uh, follow their own teams uh, here. So it's more NFL slash Falcons. Uh, when you group okay. them together, you know the numbers for us at least are on par with the college numbers, or even greater in some years when the Falcons get hot. Because uh, you got a lot of people that have moved here from uh, you know other places, and um, you know they still go to the games, they still follow the Falcons, they still follow their teams. So. Uh, you know, Georgia is uh, certainly doing their thing. Uh, big game uh, to, to tomorrow with Ohio State downtown but in the Peach Bowl. Uh, but, yeah, it's enough room for the NFL and college football in the South these gotcha. days. Thank you, D. We always appreciate your time. All the best to you, my man. Sure, Dan and Tim. You guys take care and D- have a great weekend. Thanks, D- man. Well, D. Orlando Ledbetter from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, our guest. We are at the halfway point of the show. The Bickley Blast is next. Stick around. Tim Ring, in for Vinny. I am Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.